0: I'm Christine Dolan, and I'm a journalist, and I know a lot of people know Mike Lindell because of some of the issues having to do with elections, but I know him in a different way. Last year, in the middle of the 2020 election, my back was killing me because I'm teleworking. So a friend of mine sent me a pillow that Mike Lindell manufactured, and it helped me to sit on a chair doing interviews. Too many interviews during the day because we're all working site. And then this year, Because we're working off site and we will all want to be comfortable. I tried Mike Lindell's slippers. Now, I'm a big one on slippers because I like comfort. I have worn moccasin slippers all my life. And when I tried Mike Lindell's slippers, I couldn't believe this because it really does have four layers of cushions. It's like having very loose tennis shoes on. And it's easy because you really do wear them all night long if you're working like me from the early hours of the morning to the late hours at night. So I highly recommend Mike Lindell's slippers and his pillows. If you've got a back problem and you're sitting down now, how you get the discount for this is very simple. It's on our site. CDM is the promo code for it. Promo code CDM is what we're asking you to do. Again, you will feel comfortable for your back with those little pillows that he has. And also, for the slippers that you can get from him. And now let's get to our guests. So today on American Conversations, I'm delighted to welcome Amy Bond, who's the president of PERC.
1: Amy, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Well, we're
0: you're in California and I understand that your family moved from Texas to California. Your husband was originally from California. Is that, is that correct?
1: Yes, that is correct. So, I know a lot of people are moving out of California right now. Right, <laughs> right. But,
0: you, but you're you're back in there and you're taking a swing and trying to save uh, kids and, and humanity. So, first of all, Amy, it, it, what the acronym is PERC, but explain the history of this organization first.
1: Yes, yeah, so PERC stands for the Pre- Protection of the Educational <laughs> Rights of Kids, and we started our organization in 2019. So we've been around for three and a half years. And at the heart of our organization, we brought together eight powerhouse women who founded the group. And we started in the middle of a big fight, actually up at the Capitol in Sacramento in California. Uh, during this, there was this bill called SB 276 at the time. And you know, we came together and said, you know what, it's not okay. We need to figure this out. We're gonna fight together. And we did some amazing work Meeting with hundreds of legislators and helping people have those types of meetings to try to change votes and work on uh, defeating that bill. So what was that? What
0: was that bill about?
1: That bill was about kicking children out of school if um, if they didn't have immunizations. And it was surround the the heart of the bill was about medical exemptions. So mm-hmm. they were trying to make it so that children couldn't go to school unless they had, um, unless they were immunized with all these, you know, vaccines. And the bill was going to remove medical exemptions that children already had in place by making it stricter, and then go after doctors who were writing these medical exemptions and calling them bad actors. When right. in reality, um, in reality, they had set it up in 2015. Ironically, this was something that happened in 2015. There was an, a bill called SB277. And that one removed all the religious exemptions for immunizations for children to, to attend school. And so then 2019 came, and this was another stricter bill to then go a step farther, which eventually, by the way, retroactively revoked medical exemptions uh, for ch- for thousands and thousands of children.
0: So I, I have spoken to a number of doctors, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and you you have got some really, really heavy-duty, arm-swinging on the medic on the state medical board out in california because there's a number of doctors who have written uh medical exemptions for children and the, then people report them to the board and then they spend in some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to keep their license or being shamed um, let me ask you about this because we're going to get to you know the April tenth event that you're the perk is involved with. But yes. but let's just now that we've, we've hit upon the medical boards. Mm-hmm. What kind of corruption have you found on the medical on the state medical boards in California?
1: Uh, the only reason I'm smiling is because there's a lot of corruption. These are appointed positions, so mm-hmm. you, you know, by the so, governor,
0: as I understand it, right?
1: That's yes, correct. So this is this is a good old boys club. So whatever. You know, whatever policies or things that they want to initiate through law or initiatives in the state, all they have to do is make sure the right people are on that medical board in order to, Mm -hmm. you know, complete the process and, you know, make sure they have those people in place. So I know I know when we were fighting these bills and even some of the current legislation right now that we're fighting, it actually directly relates to the medical board. And they're, you know, currently they're trying to potentially pass a law to go into doctor's offices and seize the medical records. So like, you know, the without, correct-
0: without the permission of the patients, is my correct.
1: understanding. Correct. Without the permission of the patients or the doctor violating, of course, I would be violating HIPAA, but it's it's kind of a witch hunt right now. Honestly, it's like the medical board has been set up to, you know, penalize doctors and to go after them for just them having a different opinion, a different medical opinion than the government or the narrative that's out there. And that is really really serious to have a, you know, a board be set up to, you know, you know, create a witch hunt really with these doctors based on what they deem misinformation. So I definitely think there's a lot of corruption for sure. Well,
0: now, I think it's important for people to know also that not everybody on a state medical board is a physician. Or has a has a has a medical background or, or science background, isn't that correct?
1: Yes, that is correct. You're, you're absolutely right. These could be business owners, CEOs, they don't actually have to have any knowledge about um, medical history or, or doctors. They don't have to have any of that. that's that's not a requirement to be on the board. So
0: so what's happening in California now has resulted in an April 10th event that you're involved with. Let's explain the event and then we'll get into why it's so important in California. Okay. The, the event on April 10th is what?
1: So the event on April 10th is called Defeat the Mandate. So this is an entire movement that is moving towards this massive event on the, the West Coast here. So they did an event on the East Coast and had more than 40,000 people show up. Uh, so here we are in California in the heart of a lot of these issues. They're going to hold we're going to hold the event in L.A. So in mm-hmm. Los Angeles on April 10th in Grand Park, right in front of the big city hall right there. Right. And- Yeah, it's huge. So it's all West Coast, you know, anybody from Oregon, Washington, people are coming from all over to be a part of this huge, huge event and stand in solidarity against the mandates that are hurting everybody in this entire country, but particularly uh, in California and the West Coast.
0: Well, this yes, the, the January Defeat the Mandates was in Washington, D.C. I was there. I covered it. Um, and then you, we had the convoy come into the Washington area. They have left this week. They were in uh, Harrisburg, the state capital in Pennsylvania, this week. And then they're going to be heading out across the country to join you guys back there. So it's a coast-to-coast Defeat mm-hmm. the Mandate. And why is California so important now? I mean, my understanding is there's 10 bills. Is that right? 10 bills? Yes. being entered, the, the following through the state legislature. I know that there's, I think the, there's a Senator named Senator Penn, Pan, is that his yeah. name? Pan. Yeah. yeah. And and he's kind of spearheading a lot of this uh, from my understanding. Um, and he has in the past.
1: Yeah. So that, that is correct. But the difference between now and other times when the author, Senator Pan was writing his bills, they've right. now created a vaccine caucus at the Capitol So this vaccine caucus has seven legislators from both the Assembly and the Senate, who together are co-authoring and introducing these 10 bad bills. So he's now set it up so that when he leaves out of office, um, his term expires this year, it's now set up where they have a whole vaccine working group that will continue vaccine legislation, uh, I think, for probably long term, unless we can stop this. So Yes, it's, it's actually very serious. The bills in California impact every part of a person's ability to live in society here. It impacts people's ability to work, um, learn, play, education, travel, you know, everything that you can possibly imagine that's just part of your life. These bills are set up to impact that negatively. So we're we're very, very, very concerned. And we want everybody across the country to know what's going on so that we can Increase the exposure to the bills and hopefully draw public pressure from every, you know, patriots and people that see that this is going way too far. You know, this so is let's,
0: not- let's go through these bills because if we talk in the broad sense, the public isn't going to understand it. I know in many states they, they're, they're starting to the Department of Education and for the kids that are in uh, high school and middle school doing surveys. And they're not supposed to, nobody knows what's in the surveys mm-hmm. and the parents aren't supposed to know. And uh, it's becoming an issue in some states. What do you have going on that's chipping away at people's freedoms in California? Let's go through the 10 bills. Okay. All right. Just let's get a broad sense.
1: Sure. Now, and I think it's really important because, you know, to hear from the bills directly what's happening. So let's start with the mm-hmm. children bill. So we have SB 871. That's the name of the bill. This particular bill is a COVID mandate. So it's a COVID, it's basically mandated the COVID shot for children as young as daycare age in order for the, them to attend daycare and all the way up to 12th graders. So
0: even though this hasn't been approved by the FDA, they, right. they have entered this bill.
1: They're so actually, that, that
0: would that would lead anybody with common sense that they're expecting that to be approved by the FDA.
1: Right, right. But they're trying to get around the EUA authorization right now. So even though the, the COVID shot for children's not approved, exactly like you said, they're trying to write into this legislation, this law, that, they, that that doesn't matter, that they can go around an EUA approval and still have that be mandated for children. And they've removed, they want to remove all exemptions, all um, personal belief exemptions, conscious belief, religious, any any kind of exemption, they wanna remove that in this bill as well. And any of those medical exemptions that are very, very rare and hard to get, those are pretty much non-existent anyway. So think of it this way, there's no exemptions for this mandate on children as, as young as six-month-olds uh, and above. Is, and
0: is this just for the COVID shots? Uh,
1: it, it's set up to be for the COVID shots, but they're doing something sneaky in this bill where they're, allow, they, they're writing in that the California Department of Public Health can from henceforward, if this bill passes, add any other vaccines to the schedule and any other doses without having to go back through the legislative body or to create a new law. So that means that if it passes, then it's not just COVID shots, it's how many COVID shots, it's two, it's three, it's four, it's 10, annual, you know, whatever they Think it will route through the California Department of Public Health, and it's delegating that uh, that kind of that jurisdiction to them. So it's very, very serious. Um, it's probably the worst. Well, there's a lot of bad bills, but I think that that's one of the worst bills because directly related to our children, who are you know they're innocent, they're vulnerable, and you know, they're trying to get around any of those safety mechanisms such as an EUA uh, to try to force this on the kids, and they're going to kick them out of school. If they don't comply, so you're dealing with you know learning loss and issues already from the lockdown uh, and the harm that that had on children, but this takes it another step by kicking them out of school if they're not vaccinated with the COVID, the COVID shot. So okay, let's yeah. go to bill number two. <laughs> and I, we're going to start to feel like an infomercial, by the way. I know it is door number one,
0: door number two. Okay, okay so door door number two now. Number is- two.
1: Yeah. All right. So the next one, so we have SB 866. Now this one is also related to the children and it's specifically related to the age of consent to um, vaccinations. So what that one's gonna do is they're trying to lower the age of consent to 12. So to minor, to a minor's age that they can consent to the COVID vaccine without their parents' knowledge and without their parents' consent.
0: And it and so that basically throws the parents out of the room. And if something happens to that child, and the, and the parents don't have to know it, do they?
1: Exactly. So if there's a
0: medical issue with the child. The parents, it will never be revealed to the parents that it might be caused by the vaccination.
1: Right, and they've set it up uh, in California and maybe some other states too where they have mobile vaccination clinics that have been going to the schools this whole entire year mm-hmm. where they have, you know, they're at the high schools and the junior high, the junior high schools. So we think that they're they're specifically been setting that up to go with this age of consent bill so that they can actually vaccinate the children at school without mom and dad's knowledge or consent. So it's not good.
0: No, it's not good. When I was a kid, they would have a mobile, you know, library come to the school, but they wouldn't have a mobile clinic come to the school. Yeah. Okay, door number 3.
1: <laughs> All right, door number 3, another one of the children bills that we're concerned about. So, this one is called SB 1479 and essentially this would require covid testing of the students of the children long term, indefinitely. So, in order for them to go to school, they'd have to be able to test uh, test be able to they would test the kids for covid and if there's no end in sight no termination of this. It would be set up into law for them to be able to test indefinitely.
0: And who pays for that?
1: That is a great question. Probably the state. Uh, But honestly, there's a lot of funding we know that's coming from national, from the federal government in the form of at least $15 billion is going to the schools in California for to promote the COVID measures. So testing, vaccination, masking, any of those things, we know they're getting funding from the federal government to implement these measures. So I think it's probably coming from both both state and federal.
0: Door number 4.
1: <laughs> There's <laughs> more. <laughs> All right, so let's go door number 4. SB 1464. So this one is related to law enforcement. So essentially what happened in a state like California and probably other states as well is you had the health department who was is is- issuing orders, right? So they were issuing orders about masking and vaccine requirements and testing. And, you know, that was supposed to go outward to all of the both uh, private and public employees, right, across Mm -hmm. the whole state. So now the the thing that wasn't happening is the law enforcement wasn't actually applying or enforcing these orders. So some of the orders were falling flat. Right. Mm -hmm. So essentially this bill and this law that they're trying to pass is to go around that problem that they had, or they couldn't get their, you know, what they wanted enforced. And they're trying to force law enforcement to be the enforcers of the health orders or any of these types of emergency orders. So, okay.
0: so this is, this is like the Brown sh- Brown shirts in 1930 in Germany. Uh, so if they don't do that, what do they lose?
1: Well, if, yeah, well, exactly, and this directly violates the oath of office for a sheriff for sheriff departments. So I, I think that we're going to see a lot of fight back. We already are on these bills, including that one. You know, the police department, sheriff, Farmer, they don't want this bill, and they're they're fighting it. So it. So does the
0: bill specifically say that if if the if a particular police department fails to enforce that they lose their budget? Is there right. any penalties in that yeah. bill?
1: Yes. In, in any of these bills, what you're—they're setting it up so that there's penalties uh, to enforce if the—you know—if the group doesn't comply, right? Mm-hmm. So it's definitely the same with the law enforcement. And we heard from some of our local sheriffs. We've met with them about these bills because they're such a big deal and such so a problem in California. And our local sheriff has even said, "Hey, you know, well, Now they feel like if these bills pass, they feel like their their hands are tied." And, you know, they're going to lose their jobs. That's that's what they're up against, is losing they're their- They're going to lose employees.
0: their jobs if they don't enforce it.
1: Right. Exactly. So-
0: Are the law enforcement right now required to have uh, COVID shots in California?
1: Yes, they actually are. So in Los Angeles, uh, it actually depends on the county. Some counties have not required it and some have. But, mm-hmm. for example, in some of the more um, liberal counties, I would call them, you know, San Francisco area- and in uh, LA and others as well, other cities, they are requiring it, but here's the catch. The sheriff's department in LA, for example, they actually didn't enforce that requirement. They didn't want to lose half of their staff. So they have not enforced that mandate because many of these groups, they don't believe in the mandate. They believe in people's ability to, they should be able to choose.
0: All right, door number five.
1: (laughs) Door number five. All right, you're tracking with me, okay. So let's. Um, there's two related to the medical board and doctors, and these ones are important as well. So you have SB 920, and this one is going to authorize the medical board to inspect a doctor's office and records without patient's consent. So this was the one I was telling you about. That's a, a, hip, that's a
0: HIPAA violation right there.
1: Right. The, but what business do they have to inspect a doctor's office and seize records anyways?
0: You know, well, uh, that, uh, that, 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 I mean, th- these are all going to, if they ever get passed, they're all going to end up in court. hundred
1: percent. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. So that, so that that screws up the patient-doctor relationship, the confidentiality. Yeah. I yes. mean, they're allowed to sue it. There's human error. There's, you know, that, that can be misused. Uh, that will have people's pr- pr- privacy breaches on that. Um, I mean, the whole nine yards you yeah. know, I can I can see personal identity theft. I mean, this 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 is this is got a this is a train wreck. Okay, door number six.
1: Right, right. Well, and and on that one too, you know, when you have your medical records, think of it. You also write your family history, your family medical records. Well, you
0: can't, your family history, your social security. I mean, there, there's you know, if you start well i mean there's no privacy anyways because of yeah. because of the internet at this point right. but i mean this the, this is just another draconian action uh, exactly. for commodifying people and putting them into a you know some type of a, a ccp
1: right. social yeah, yeah. no program. you're right you're, you're right okay yeah. so to go along with that bill there's another bill related to doctors that it goes hand in hand and this one is called SB-1390. Mm-hmm. So SB-1390, um, oh, actually, sorry, That's it's AB, there's a lot of them. It's AB-2098, that's the other doctor one. And that one is basically, uh, if a doctor speaks against the narrative out there from the CDC mm-hmm. or the government, right. then they can be disciplined. They can be disciplined for speaking out or speaking contrary to that narrative whatever the
0: accepted narrative is of the whatever the Fauci narrative of the day is. Okay.
1: Yep. So exactly. you can't and,
0: and, and, so th- when you say speaking out, does that mean that you can't call Fauci a, you know a pejorative name?
1: Well I, I think it's probably gonna be rooted a little more in what they deem misinformation. So if the if the CDC or the FDA or you know any of these you know government uh groups or agencies say something the government says something, I guess it could be Fauci too, but I don't think it'll be about name calling as much as it is about treatments and vaccines and, you know, whatever's contrary to the medical medical
0: protocols.
1: Yeah, exactly. If they say it's safe and effective and a doctor says, "Uh, not so much, we've got, we're seeing vaccine injury from the COVID shot. You know, I think that we're going to see, but that's where it goes back to the medical board. Remember, we were talking about the corruption and these appointed positions. They have no business being disciplinarians of uh, doctors who are on top of the science and who understand what it means to actually treat patients so I well, mean,
0: but but see i take a look at it and i say to myself that that's turning doctor it's completely nuking the, the patient doctor relationship yes. it's not allowing a doctor to use critical thinking and discernment knowing that patient right. basically they're, they're, it's furthering the um robotic nature of medicine Uh, so that the doctor cannot choose to use an off-label prescription if the doctor so chooses, even though that it's been deemed safe by the FDA, but it's not used for specific ailment, but it seems to work. So that's that's where that one's going. What's the next one?
1: All right. So we've got another one related to misinformation as well. This one is SB1390. So that was this is SB 1390. So this one is going to censor any social media platform that posts dissenting information that contradicts the government's narrative or information related to medicine or vaccinations, uh, elections or conspiracy theories. So this one is not just about doctors. This is about everyone across the entire state that if you read
0: that again, Amy, read that again for what it covers. Go ahead and read that again.
1: So this is SB 1390. So mm-hmm. this bill will censor any social media platform that posts dissenting information that contradicts the government narrative. Information regarding medicine or vaccinations, information regarding elections and conspiracy theories. Okay. Deep breath on that one. That's <laughs> so- a, no,
0: that's that that, that that that's that's a big one. Go on. What's in the next door number 8?
1: Door number 8. Yeah, and so that one violates you know free speech or yeah, of course it's it's, it's, huge. it's huge. huge. Who decides what's misinformation or not? Those are questions we all have. All right, so here's another one. So SB 1184. So 1184. So this one um this one is basically related to changing the California Medical Privacy Act to authorize care providers care providers service plans to disclose your child's medical information So school-linked services without parental consent. So there's another one that's hitting on the parental consent. um, And privacy. And privacy, exactly. And all related to medical as well. So that's connected to the vaccinations, no doubt, in our mind. All right. Do you want to go to the next one?
0: Sure. Next one. Door number nine.
1: (laughs) Door number nine. All right. We've got AB 1797. So this particular one is gonna make changes to the California immunization record database for the government agencies to have access to all vaccine records in addition to just students. So let me explain what that means. So right now in the state of California, they have a database that stores the immunization records for students, for school aged kids, okay? What this would do is it would make that broader to have that database include more than just students and a database of the immunization records. So think adults, think, you know, others outside of, you know, just students. This is something that's broadening this data, the state database and the state control of information. So again, not a good, um, you know, that doesn't take into account data breaches, health, you know, health records are one of the hottest commodities when it comes to data breaches right now. So, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a bad one too, but I think I've saved one of the last for Well, the last one is one of the worst ones as well. Just like the first one with the children. And that one is called AB one nine nine three. So 1993, Mm. that particular bill actually requires proof of vaccination of the COVID shot specifically for all employees and all contract workers across the entire state of California. Repeat
0: so, that again, so people understand that it's uh-huh. to it's to requiring.
1: Yes, it's requiring the COVID shot for all employees across the entire state, both contract workers and employees. And this is this is you know proof of vaccination. Um, this is probably where we could potentially see them adding some aspect of a vaccine passport or a digital ID into this. It could be amended to that. But essentially, this will this will prevent people from being able to work and try to force them across the state to have this requirement in order to work as a prerequisite. I mean, it's it's atrocious. So
0: this isn't just government employees. This is everybody who's in owns a, has a job or owns a business has to require exactly so Every- there's no there's no, choice. This, no is, choice this this is it all right so so yeah. people need to wake up and take a look at what this is going on I hope this interview goes viral all right and secondly um now I want to go into who are these seven people that are putting up these bills? Right. And well, who's paying them and what are their campaign contributions and right. how much has pharma given them and what groups who are financed by pharma are giving to these, to these people?
1: That is a great question. And, we, how ma- and
0: how many of them, and then, and then also on the state board level, Right. how much money has Gavin Newsom taken
1: mm-hmm.
0: from pharma as California governor? Yes.
1: Oh yeah. You nailed it. When you follow the money, you start to see why they're putting forward these types of policies. So I totally agree with you. Um, there's definitely lots of donations coming from pharma companies to these legislators that are on this vaccine caucus. So you know th- this is this is a conflict of interest to have somebody giving you money and then you write a bill or a law. You know it just I.
0: Well, yeah. it's a conflict of interest. It's, it's a rotten side of politics in America. It happens all the time. The Farmer Manufacturing and Research Association in Washington, D.C., uh, the pharma lobbying group has. I mean, I've covered politics for so long. You know, it, it, I can tell you it has always been in Washington, D.C., on the federal level, mm-hmm. one of the most powerful lobbying. And nobody wants to talk about it because these guys are an ATM machine for Republicans and Democrats. They're an ATM machine for some governors. That's why we have some governors coming out and calling for, you know, lotteries like uh, DeWine did in in Ohio. Mm -hmm. And so now we have in the California, you've got the legislature. You've already had problems. I mean, your medical board in California is, is pretty draconian even before COVID. They are,
1: Yep. So now,
0: now this is the clampdown of it. So the brown suits come into this. How how much digging have you done on these gang of seven?
1: You know, um, we've actually have a team that's working on that as we speak. We have done some research, particularly into one of the authors, Senator Pan, and we know that there's at least ninety to a hundred thousand dollars of pharma donations to his elections. So, you know, we we can see some of that. But part of what we're trying to look for is what's behind that, you know, that you've got the front facing donations, but then who's the organization or that, or, you know, maybe two or three deep that are all interconnected to what's happening in California. And this has been, this has been 10 years, by the way, you know, those other bills I was telling you about in 2019 and 2015 and 2012, and we're going on 10 years of them laying the groundwork. To be able to even do what they're doing today and now all of a sudden they have this vaccine caucus with these other seven legislators and i just hope people understand that you know sometimes people think "Oh, i'm in another state and i'm fine and all that but california is the battleground state it is where they start and initiate these types of bills and laws and policies because mm-hmm. it, they want to come to a state near you you know they want to come to Cal- texas and florida and any of these other places were not safe if California falls. So I just I hope people realize how serious these bills are and how much we need the help and support to fight them, to speak up, to you know draw attention to it, to expose what's happening, and you know dig deep on where the corruption is coming from, so that we can we can really understand and, and we can stop this. We got to stop this. <laughs> you know, how
0: do people find you, Amy? What's your website?
1: So our website is www.perk-group.com. So perk-group.com, and we've got these bills on there. We have Mm -hmm. we have lawsuits. We filed uh, we filed six lawsuits in the state of California.
0: Tell us about the lawsuits.
1: Oh, those are the fun ones (laughs) because we're winning. (laughs) I love it when we're winning something. Yes, yes. So we filed four of the lawsuits against government um, counties and cities, LA County, we filed a lawsuit against Beverly Hills City, a lawsuit against San Diego City, and then a lawsuit against Granada Hills Charter School. And then we filed two lawsuits against schools, school districts that were trying to require the COVID shot on children and kick them out of school if they didn't have it. And we knew that they were violating all the laws. So we filed um, against LAUSD and we filed a lawsuit against uh, Piedmont School District. Now here's the awesome thing. In the case of the school districts, we were co-plaintiffs with another group in California called Children's Health Defense California chapter. Mm -hmm. And together, the attorney team, we won those cases. On in Piedmont, they dropped the mandate because the judge was ruling in our favor. And the LAUSD case, the judge did not rule in our favor, but what happened was that we went to court. Within, 20, within 48 hours, the LAUSD knew that there were signs that they were going to have a problem with this lawsuit. They then delayed and suspended their mandate on children to the fall. So sometimes that's how you win when you have a lawsuit and you're pushing them. And so in that case, we saved 34,000 children from being kicked out of school. So that was a really, really huge win for families and parents and you know everyone involved. It was huge.
0: But you've seen them come back, though. I mean, you you may win and then it may be a lull and then all of a sudden they come back at you because they're not giving this movement of vaccinating people.
1: Right. Well, that's why you're seeing these bills.
0: This is not going away.
1: That's why you're seeing these bills. The reason these bills are coming right now is because our lawsuits held the line on the law. We knew what we were talking about and we were on the right side of all the laws, the codes, you know, state, federal, all that. And they couldn't add the COVID shot to the children's schedule without going through a specific process. So mm-hmm. these laws we just talked about, they're trying to get around our lawsuits by putting things into law so that they can do it statewide instead of isolated in a couple of schools so yeah, right. i think
0: you i think you're moved, so on your website you i i saw it, you you've listing all the bills and, and everything with more details so people can go back and take a look at that mm-hmm. i think you need to post on your website all of the people that are pushing these bills and expose their entire campaign finance go for the exposure of the corruption the play the, the pay to play mm-hmm. as a politician taking away people's freedoms
1: we will do that. Thank you for that
0: advice. I think that I think that's what what needs to be done because everybody talks about the FDA. Well, next, start, I tell people all the time: name the people at the FDA. Mm-hmm. Don't just sit there and say that you've got people in there. Name them, out them. People Correct. need to stand up for this because this has gotten to the point where I I, I just can't even believe this is the United States of America. That people the people or people just throw it off and say, oh, it's just privacy. It's just this. It's just that. No, 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 no. It's commodifying human beings for money.
1: Yeah, you're, you're right. Can I recruit it's you? It's people, it's
0: dehumanizing them for money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And everybody's getting a ton of money. People who host events, people who promote this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. people who are, are not even physicians or nurses sticking needles in people's arms. I mean, I've spoken to people, firemen have been trained yes. to, to, to shoot, to, to not shoot, to, to put mm-hmm. shots in people's arms. I mean, where, where are you getting the support? Are the firemen, the cops, the teachers, or people with you? Are they oh, coming out of the woodwork? Are they scared?
1: Well, yes. Yes, some people are scared. They're scared to be public about their opposition to this, but I will tell you, we have so many people in every industry there isn't one space that we don't have support and we have the sheriff department we have fire we have firemen and you know police department every department in la county has people with us by the thousands against um the mandates in, in these lawsuits so teachers educators the military doctors uh you know just just everyday Moms and dads. You have
0: have liberal, you've got conservative, libertarian people who don't vote, people who are just waking up and they're coming from all sides and joining.
1: Everybody of every creed, every religion. There's pastors that are uniting from you know, faith leaders across every group of, you know, beliefs. Everyone knows that these bills are so bad pro-vaccine, even people that are have vaccinated their kids with every other vaccine except for the COVID shot. We Mm -hmm. have those types of doctors. We have Everyone you could think of is with us. And sometimes I think that, you know, as people are silent, they don't always speak up or they don't always know where to go to speak and be a part of right. this. Right. And that's why I think the Defeat the Mandate event is so important in California, because it's, it's a hub. It's a place for everyone to gather who are against this. They don't have to say their name, just join the crowd, join the movement. And we're I think we're gonna see tens of thousands of people coming to that event uh, in California. Really what,
0: about, what about, um, I mean, are the politicians getting scared? Are, are they are they rethinking it? Are you getting any feedback from anybody who's on your side um, at the state house?
1: Yes. I, that's a great question, actually. Sometimes people in California, when you look at California, people make the assumption that it's just Democrats who are pushing this and they're not on our side and it's only the Republicans that are against the vaccine mandates. Well, It's not true. We actually have insiders at the Capitol who are more moderate Democrats who are on our side, who are helping us. And kind of the collective feeling or sense there, there's a lot of COVID fatigue, you know, just like all of us. It's been Mm -hmm. two years, these policies, these lockdowns, and, you know, all these bills are coming really, really fast. And so a lot of the legislators are very tired of this, and it's more personal this time. Because they have children, they have grandchildren, they have nieces and nephews. So, to have every single baby, uh, you know, up to eight or teen years old, be required to take the COVID shot it's personal now. It's something that's touching them too in their personal lives. So, I do see different than before that we have more support behind the scenes than maybe we had before with some of those other years and other bills. So, that's the good news. Okay. Now, I, I do think that we also have a lot of, I'm gonna just say it, I think we have a lot of people who are cowards, who aren't, who aren't doing the right thing because they're worried about the fallout. And if they're elected officials, this is one of those times in history where they've got to set aside that, set aside everything and fight for the children, you know, fight for the families. Because if these bills pass, it will impact every ounce of our society here. Your ability to just freely move in society and that's uh, you know that's what you expect from communist countries and totalitarian China, China.
0: Yeah. It, that's 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 what happens in China how many yeah. people are conscious about the this this model of governance okay um via covid and con- for control is is a mirror image of what goes on in China
1: well, how many, so basically how many people, how how,
0: how, how many people are conscious of the, this control through COVID, you know, vaccinations, mm-hmm. um, you know, ent- uh, evidence, okay? Mm-hmm. How, I think many, um, how many people are talking about the fact this is what happens in China? This is what is in motion in China?
1: Not enough people are conscious of that. A lot of people just see what's in front of their face. So they okay. see well or they see this, you know, mandate, or see, they see that. But just like you, I agree with you. I think it's, it's there's so much more behind this, you know, and it, I don't think enough people realize how close this is in like, uh, in uh, resemblance to China. I, I don't think that there's enough who see it that way. Some do. A lot of us leaders do. Uh, we're talking, I've been talking about this for more than a year about the vaccine passport, about, you know, the social credit system and how mm-hmm. they're trying to push this here. And this is, this is most like China. And, you know, these other types of countries. So, but I don't think enough people see it, to be honest with you. I, I you know, right. I, that was the case, but I think a lot do a lot of, you know, my friends that are leaders uh, in this, this whole movement, they see it, but I don't know if enough of just everyday people see that connection, to be honest with you. What
0: about the connection to Davos, the World Economic Forum?
1: Now that one, I think that a lot of us have been, uh, again, us that are leaders, that are like watch women and men on the tower saying, hey, this is what's happening, it's connected here. I have a whole entire presentation I've been giving about the vaccine passport showing exactly how it's connected to the World Economic Forum. And they're doing it with this thing called a smart health card through Microsoft. So we're, we're working hard to expose that. But again, to your question, I don't know how many people are aware, you know, they hide this information. And a lot of us are just trying to get it out. But I think a lot of people understand that it is connected to World Economic Forum. My own pastor speaks about it uh, as a faith leader. Uh, I know um, Del Bigtree with a high wire, you know, Children's Health Defense. A lot of these big groups that have a lot of following there, they are speaking about it and exposing the World Economic Forum and the connection to all that's happening with that, too. So I think you need to about, you
0: need to come back and do that presentation for our audience. All right. Not the
1: vaccine
0: because, passport. Yeah, uh, yes. you know, in in the connection to Davos, because I think that there's not enough Americans that understand Davos. They just think that it's a rich, rich a rich elite club that meets once mm-hmm. a year, and they don't understand that there is a massive agenda. And again, it's about money. It's about yeah. money. This whole thing is about money and control. And there may be a, a touch or two about the um, depopulation as well,
1: mm-hmm. because yeah, it's a
0: reckless policy. It's a dangerous policy.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'd love to come back and talk about uh, the vaccine passport, because I think that that is part of the why. Like, you know, we people, why is this happening? Why these bills? Mm-hmm. Why this? Why that? Well, it's because they want to control everything. So they're setting up this infrastructure through laws, through Vaccine passports, whatever, so they can track, they can trace, they can surveillance, everything. Like, every, and you, you said it about being a commodity. Like, mm-hmm. as a human being, that's what they're trying. That is the why, right? These are,
0: this, these are slave traders. Mm-hmm. These are slave traders. Only somebody with the mentality of this type of control is somebody who's in the slave trade world because mm-hmm. commodifying human beings as opposed to freedom,
1: right? is
0: it's the direct opposite of you know what this country stood for
1: you're absolutely right and they're using see that's the thing is they're using everything right around us right now to try to do that so the testing you know the masking the requirements for the covid vaccine the mandates those are the front that's like what we see right here right in front of us right right that's just what they're using as the mechanism You know, Mm -hmm. that's the trigger point or the light switch they're turning on to try to then get enslave us into this control and surveillance and track and everything. So I I just think that sometimes we get so distracted on the testing or the masking. It's what's behind it. you like Mm -hmm. what you're saying. This is the point. This is why they're doing that.
0: Right. And there's a lot of money that's invested in artificial intelligence. There's a lot of money that it's not. It's not just the pharmaceuticals. It's, it's people who, who they'll call themselves futurists, but in right. fact, they're not.
1: Right. No, you're right. Which is, again, honestly, see, I think why it's so important for people to be aware about these bills and, you know, this huge event coming to California is because sometimes people feel alone. You know, they feel like they're mm-hmm. the only ones that think this way. They feel like they're the only ones, you know, and they, they feel isolated. And you know, is anybody else out there see this the same way as I do and fighting this and understand it? And I think when you have huge movement like this, it is a movement and it is global across the entire world. You see protests happening by the millions everywhere. I think we need something like that here in our country. And I think these defeat the mandate events are the, it's lighting a fire. You know, it's, it's saying, you know, here gather here together in unity to fight what's happening. And we aren't alone. We aren't. We have. So- well, there's
0: there's there's also this element to this. It, 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 you know, when the Canadian, they had the event, Defeat the Mandates, in, in D.C. We covered it in January. All right. You had the, the Canadian convoys. You had the, the convoy that came to Washington, D.C., but people were saying that, well, what wh- why are they doing this? Because they're lifting the mandates. When, in fact, no, that's not true. They're right. keeping it on the local level, all right? right? They're keeping it on the state level. That's what the Supreme Court said to do. This is a, to be a state, local level, the county level. So that's why people have to wake up. This isn't stopping, right? No one is saying this is over. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to figure out how to keep the keep the engine running so that they can move it along a little bit more. So this is why it's so important. Again, Amy, um, before we, we, we get out of this, tell everybody, you know, where it is, what it is, and the date of it. So so people can show up in LA.
1: Okay, wonderful. So it's in Los Angeles, California, on April tenth in Grand Park. So it's in the heart of Los Angeles, right in front of City Hall. You can't miss the location. It's going to be an all day event. They're going to have incredible speakers all throughout the day. Uh, It's just, it's going to be amazing. And there's going to be people from all across the West coast coming to this event and, you know, standing in unity together. I'm so, I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so excited that it's here. You know, people are going to be from all over standing with us in California. And we need that, Um, you know, bringing light to these bills and, you know, and like you said, People they're rolling back the requirements and the mandates and some of that stuff right now, but that's just temporary. That they're mm-hmm. doing that just to, a little bit of a lull to make people think we won and it's we we'll get complacent. All the more reason for us to come together, stand together at this huge event, and um, and keep fighting. This is this is not the end. <laughs> they, I think
0: special. you should put up everybody's name that is a co-sponsor of all those bills on your website.
1: I will. I Thank
0: think. I, and how is the press covering you guys? How's the so, local, uh, uh, is, is anybody taking an interest or are they just, just falling in line like the sheep and ignoring you?
1: You know what? We've actually had a little more support from the media locally than uh, we have in the past. We've had coverage on our lawsuits at press conferences. The entire San Diego local news covered that. We've had coverage at our some of the big events we've done with big rallies, big protests. And then when it comes to these bills... We're working on trying to get that information out. So, I, you know, it, it, part of it is who you know, so that you can, um, you know, connect with the media to, to get the word out that this is happening. So I think if they understood and know, then I think they'll start to give us more coverage on the these bad bills. I hope so. That's what I'm hoping. Oh yeah.
0: We're gonna post your your website and those bills. Okay. on our website. We're going we're we're going to we're going to do we're going to promote this for you because I think it's so important for people to understand that, this, that there is a um domino effect here.
1: Yes. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. We we need everybody to know so that you know, who knows who has what contact or resource or any influence and like let's defeat this together. Everybody should be talking about what's happening in California, honestly, in my opinion. Like these bills are just That
0: bad. (laughs) Yeah, they are pretty bad. They're pretty scary to think that people would actually think them up, put their name on it, and try to put it before their colleagues to vote on it. That that's what makes that's the arrogance that's in play at this. Amy, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome back anytime, and let's keep in touch.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I've loved talking with you. And I think I need your help to get the information about some of those key players. (laughs) Well,
0: you know, I have investigated corruption and politicians for a long period of time.
1: Well, I I welcome your support. We'll be in touch. (laughs) Thank you so much.